David, for me, it it was a bit of a roller coaster the last three series. I'm going to count the Braves in this because it's the high of taking two or three from the Braves. Then you come back against a Mets team who we know had traded a lot of people and dropped two or three, but then you come back in Toronto and you win that series as well. I asked Ian Happ earlier on the show about just the, the calm and maybe the confidence knowing if you have that brief setback, you're going to be able to face a team like Toronto next and come out there and do what you needed to do, especially the first two games, make the statement you needed to get back on that right track. Yeah, well, I think these guys have a lot of confidence in it. You know, again, we've talked about just the ebbs and flow of a baseball season. Um, Anybody can win on any certain day. And, um, you know, we've got – our schedule gets a little bit easier. Everybody's going to say coming into today and after this off day and we're supposed to beat this team, we're supposed to beat that team. And it just doesn't work like that. As as much as everybody wants to to put that uh, narrative out there, I think the main thing is you, you come every single day with the ability to, to win a baseball game with your preparation, your focus, and, and how you go compete. And we have a lot of talent on the field that – uh, has been able to do that consistently here for a little while, and um, that breeds confidence, and, and confidence goes a really long way. So um, there's, a, there's a high level of confidence in our locker room right now with the group we have, and, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to try to play a really good baseball game tonight and, and beat the White Sox, and we'll come back tomorrow and try to do the same thing and, and do that all the way to the end of the season, and, and hopefully there's a the playoff berth there for us. And now that that series is on the other side, that you have it out of the way, when you face a guy like Pete Alonso, who ends up hitting four home runs, makes a huge difference in that series. What was sure. the approach when it came to pitching to him? And, and just is it challenging him because you know you're going to face competition like that later? Is it, is it the at-bat experience? Like what was the, what was the approach in either deciding to challenge him or perhaps deciding against doing other things, like intentionally walking? Yeah, no, I, I think, like, again, we talk about, um, like, outcome bias, right? Like, we know going into the season their biggest threat uh, is him and Lindor, right, at the top, Lindor in front of him. I think we go back and look. We have some of our more veterans, Smiley starting game one, Jan Gomes catching. You know, I trust those guys with um, knowing how to, to manage a lineup, and, and we discussed it, Kyle, um, got into a little bit of like trying to hold Lindor and had a, given up a couple stolen bases and, and slide step and the ball elevates and he makes a mistake and that guy makes you makes you makes you pay. Um, you look at those instances like um, and trying to let make a guy not beat you. Sure, that's in the in the cards and the and knowing who's hitting behind him. But uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out like that. And you know I'm not about to intentionally walk a guy in the first inning uh, with first and second. You know I don't. That's not. That's not going to be smart baseball either. He he can get himself out. We just had to be a little uh, pitch him a little tougher, and we didn't. We made mistakes to him, and he made us pay. And so um, you chalk that up, you learn from it, and you move on. Rossi, when you have a story like Mike Talkman on your team, how how do you process like what that guy has been able to do for you defensively, batting him in different spots in your lineup? He's he seemed to really answer the call when you've needed it. Yeah, he's been impressive since spring training. I mean, he came in um, and showed what he can do early on. He played great defense. He's a good base runner, smart uh, baseball IQ, uh, smart player, uh, just a, a really solid teammate all the way around, and he's having a great year at the plate. So um, he's always been able to take his walks and control the strike zone, and um, he's coming up with big hits for us. He just 
seems to continue to get on base in front of the heart of the order. And um, he's just really important to our group. I love his demeanor in the box. Uh, It's been that way, like I said, since I've uh, been able to watch him play. And you go back and he's had some success in a big market. Um, But you watch his skill set and you watch him on a daily basis and just how consistency is in his routine and um, doing – a good job of honing his skill set and letting that play out within his game. Um, and he's made some spectacular defensive plays, some of the best plays I've seen in a long time uh, on the defensive end, too. So uh, all around, just a really good baseball player who just fits into the rest of our group of a lot of really good baseball players. Marquee Sports Network had the stat yesterday that the Cubs are 25-11 and 11 when Talkman leads off. I know that you've tinkered with your lineup and splits are a factor into this. But what have you thought about when he does lead off and how that has played into how he set the lineup? Yeah, he's, he's set the tone. I don't think I've taken him out of the lineup, the leadoff spot when I play him. I think he's been there since I, I put him in. I think, I don't know when it was, maybe way back in, in San Francisco, maybe somewhere around there. Um, every time we face a righty, he's at the top. I don't know that I've adjusted that. So um, I think, just like I said, a lot of those skill sets – um, you know, I think I answer more questions about lineup construction and why not hit leadoff half and um, why not do this and why not do that. Like we've had a I think since the All Star break, we've had the some of the highest uh, run scoring offense in baseball, maybe or um, second at least, maybe to the Braves. We, we've got the guys are doing a, a really phenomenal job of playing all night innings, grinding it out, and it starts at the top with somebody that's leading leading off and um, getting on base, and, and he's doing a really nice job of that for us and has and. Uh, he'll continue to lead off unless something crazy changes. I'm looking ahead to tomorrow's game and just looking at the probables and TBD is is starting so far for for your team. Is it possible that Marcus Stroman makes that start? Yeah, yeah, he threw uh, everything went well in his bullpen on uh, Sunday. We had off day. I'm not in the office yet, but we'll circle back today and uh, see how he's feeling. And um, yeah, it's definitely an option. The the overall rehab for him has gone pretty well. Yeah, yeah, no hiccups. He's done a really nice job of um, resting the hips. Um, you know, getting building back up, working on some things, taking some time. Uh, I think he's thrown two or three bullpens leading up to. Uh, I think Sundays was a third one through a touch and feel, and then two heavy bullpens. So. Um, yeah, he's 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 a hard worker, man. He he loves his craft and knows his body well, and um, you know, trying to get him just a little bit of you know, get him completely healthy and get back out there on the bump. And he's a guy that's really important to our success for sure. I know prior to his last start, Jamison Tyone had put together such an impressive streak, and we had talked on this show about how prior to that. His slider had a velocity that was lower, and I know he had introduced the sweeper. And there's been a lot of discussion about maybe not having the sweeper then if it's going to affect another pitch. But it would appear that he stopped throwing the slider, which makes a lot of sense. Just stop throwing the pitch as much that isn't as good. What do you think about the selection that he's had, and how have you seen it all work together in a way that has been effective? Yeah, he's been great um, outside of his last, you know, performance he'll he'll look at all that stuff and and get back at it today but um you know i think just getting back to what you were coming into that is success he had last year with you know the four seam breaking ball to lefties and occasional cutter 
uh, and then the cutter, two-seam, breaking ball uh, to righties has been a really good mix for him. I think he breaks out the, the sweeper when it when it matters, and um, you know, and I think finding that and making sure it's consistent. Um, but like you said, doesn't take away from other pitches, doesn't start uh, changing shapes in other pitches. Uh, that's a pretty common thing that happens when you when you add. Uh, different elements and different pitches to your repertoire. So um, he's been great for us, uh, really done a really nice job. He's uh, been so poised out there, and we need him to be on this this run in the second half uh, that he started on. It would be a really, really big boost for us um, pitching the way he has since uh, Yankee Stadium. Rossi, hang with me on this question, okay, because there's a little bit of a preamble right. that I have to have because I want to get the best answer possible. I'm right. fascinated by – interpersonal relationships and the way that people have to deal with each other inside of, of sports. You're a manager that seemingly has great relationships with his players. And I'm sure that your career lends a lot of credibility to that in, in an era where having to be able to communicate with, in your case, guys that speak three different languages inside of your clubhouse, I'm sure is not the easiest thing. So I'd love to know like what, things where you did you have to make sure to explain and get through a translator when you were talking with Seiya about the things that you wanted and needed from him when you were making changes and maybe taking him out of the lineup and then finding ways to get him back in the lineup how important were the translators in that role how important was it for you to convey nuance to Seiya yeah well I think the stuff that you alluded to to start this this question was like it's not just one conversation it's multiple conversations it's building relationships it's talking through the good and talking through the bad and um the ups and downs to a season and the things that i point out in spring training that are important uh, for success throughout a major league season and it's not um it's not where this guy's the greatest player ever in July, and I'm, I'm speaking about anybody. You know, it's not the greatest player ever in July, and then he has a bad month, and he's the, you know, we've talked about, and I move him, take him out of the lineup because he had a, a bad two weeks. And um, who are your guys? Who are you riding with to the finish line? And, and you're going to take the, the good and the bad and to show confidence in those the, the, that group, I think, is, um, is really important. And so you have conversations when things are going bad and things are going good. And um, when you have to tell Saya and talk to Saya specifically, it's just about, okay, hey, man, you're, you're, he knows. He knew he was lost and didn't have his um, timing. And um, mentally things were spinning a little bit on him. So you just talk through those. And, yeah, sure, like the translator's not ideal, but it's part of it. And you, you have, um, you know, we have other support staff around outside of his, his translator in our locker room um, that, that speak Japanese. And so just talking through those moments and understanding, um, you know, what, if anybody can relate to struggling, I can. So we're talking through like how to get out of that. And, and like, let's talk through, I'm going to give you this series off or these days off. Here's where you play. Um, we'll drop you in the lineup a little bit, um, take some of the pressure off, and just let you fit in and kind of work your way back. And um, he understood that, knew he had some work to do, and um, we had a good conversation in New York uh, the first day about um, some of the things he had found and feels like he's on his way back and feeling good. And uh, I told him when he would play, he had a really nice game uh, that last game against 
the Mets and kind of carried that into a little bit in Toronto. So just getting him on a roll is key. Morrell had a couple of days off when you have conversations in Anaheim and Trey Mancini had some days off when he was struggling and you, you, you've, you try to try to let them sit back the game. When you're, when you're scuffling, the game spins really fast when you're playing and you can't find it and you just, you know, you want to see more pitches and you next thing you know, you're 0-2 every batter. You're going to come out swinging and you're chasing balls all over the place. And just taking a step back, watching the game from the side may slow things down for you a little bit. Watching other players, how they go about their business, helps you unwrap yourself out of your own thoughts and get into rooting for your teammates and seeing what they're doing. And um, it's just a it's just a it's, it's as much as a physical break to work on things and a mental break. So you can kind of re, re-gear your thoughts to get in there and compete. And Seiya, over the last seven games, 333-367-08 is his slash line. I know it's a small sample size, but what does that say about him that he understood what it is that you were asking him to do and came back and was ready to play when you put him back in the lineup or had him in a different spot in the lineup? Yeah, well, I think he just knows he's a professional one, and he's about winning, wants to win, and knows that he wasn't the best version of himself. And so coming back and – you know, you get a chance to sit over there on the bench, you realize, like, struggling sucks, but, you know, sitting on the bench is even worse. You want to be in a fight. You want to be playing. So um, I think he realized, like, you know, like, okay, I'm, I get to work on some things. I'm ready to be back in there. And um, we had conversations about that. And uh, I got him back in when it, it felt like the right time. And he's taken advantage of that opportunity. So um, the good thing about our team right now, we're really deep uh, offensively when it comes to, you know, Madrigal has been the guy that's sitting uh, when, when Seah plays. And that's a, a new tough role for him. And, um, you know, you have to have a conversation surrounded by that. So it's just it's one conversation to another, and somebody's going to be odd men out when you're winning. But we have a lot of really good bats, a lot of really good players that are um, grabbing hold of their role and um, just trying to help the team win in, in a moment where we're trying to make a push to the playoffs. That's what good teams do. How do you describe what Javier Assad has meant in his versatility and then also how he's embraced his roles? He's extremely valuable. Um, he's been one of our better pitchers um, and for a while now. Uh, the, the, like you said, the role coming out of the pen, uh, keeping it close so we can come back in some games. Uh, a phenomenal start uh, the other night, uh, just really you know, clean, uh, attacking, throwing strikes, uh, great pitch mix. He, he, you never feel like he's in uh, real trouble. He's pitched out of trouble a lot. Um, just a great poise. He's been really, really valuable for us. Rossi, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I think Layla's at the ballpark tonight. I'm going to try to make it to the ballpark tomorrow. Uh, good luck this week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, y'all uh, enjoy Vegas and, uh, you know, throw a cock down, cocktail down for me. <laughs> All right, we will do our best. Thank that you. Is, that is David Ross, the manager of your Chicago Cubs.